Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Ellie Sheffy. Ellie is a civil rights attorney, entrepreneur, speaker, strategist, consultant, and coach who provides entrepreneurs, authors, and leaders with practical, easy-to-implement tools and strategies that generate results. A number one international best-selling and award-winning author and publisher, Ellie has received a Quilly Award and been inducted into the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors. She's been featured on NBC, ABC, CBS, The New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Yahoo News, The LA Tribune, and Ted Ed, to name a few. She's also the host of the Free by Design television show and the You Are Not Your Scars podcast, the very definition of tenacious. Ellie has overcome a lifetime of adversity, including abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, and cancer. She has mastered mindset, resiliency, and resourcefulness and has dedicated her life to the empowerment of others. And I can tell you, ladies who are listening, you know exactly why Ellie is on this show today. So welcome, welcome to the show, Ellie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is a joy and a pleasure. Well, beautiful. So I want to start our time together, Ellie, with just getting a little bit of a backstory. I mean, you know, when we think about You Are Not Your Scars, right, which is your podcast, and we talk about some of the lifetime of adversity, often for people who have had a lifetime of adversity, it originates in childhood. So are you willing to share with us a little bit of your backstory and some of the things that you experienced that you know now today have actually turned into the traumas that turned into treasures for you. Absolutely. So as, as you mentioned, I am an abuse survivor and a rape survivor and a domestic violence survivor. So things started in childhood and they didn't stop for quite a while. So mental abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. I had kind of the trifecta that then led to me becoming anorexic and exercise bulimic because those were things that I could control. So I think so many of us can relate to when these things are happening to us, to latching on to anything that we can possibly control. And as a child, I hadn't yet learned that the most powerful things are in my control And that's not necessarily what I eat or how I exercise, but it's my thoughts, my emotions, my focus. And so I learned those things later in life, and they really have become the guiding forces that then 
have allowed me to navigate homelessness or cancer or the first time I heard you'll be dead by when the doctor said I'd be dead by Christmas of 2000 and then navigating 20 years in hospitals and 13 major surgeries and all the things going back to those foundational traumas that taught me the power of controlling my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, controlling the power of my focus to live in gratitude to find something to be grateful for, to find a blessing, to find a lesson. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So, so Ellie, let's talk about, I, I had domestic violence as a child and physical, mental, emotional abuse as well. My parents were both abusive and you know, I'm still unpacking stuff to this day as many people who've been in those kind of environments you know, have that experience. What I'd love to hear you talk about is at what point were you like beginning the process of saying, okay, I have experienced this and I'm making new choices. Like, was there an intervention, a divine intervention? You know, was it like when you started college or did you, you know, have some kind of outside, like did a book fly off the shelf in a bookstore? Can you talk about kind of the intervening moment where you started to make that that shift for yourself? Absolutely. So I like to say that life is first going to give you a little tickle or a little nudge. And then if you didn't pay attention and you didn't get it, then it might hit you upside the head. And if you still didn't get it and you're still not paying attention, then life's going to knock you completely on your rear. And so that's what happened. So I would love to sit here and say, oh, yes, I made the decision to leave my abusive ex-husband. But that is not the case. So, and that's so shocking to most people. How could you be an attorney? How could you have all the things, right? You had a car, you had a job, you didn't have kids. Why didn't you leave? And at that stage of my journey, at that point, I was 26. I was not capable of making a decision. I was no longer capable of functioning independently. So me making the decision to leave and then taking action on that decision was not possible. So I was dying and my organs were shutting down as a result of the abuse and the extreme trauma. And a doctor, I did not tell anybody what was going on. And a doctor started to figure it out. And he actually called my dad and he said, look, I don't know, but this is what I think is happening. And she'll be dead by Christmas. And that was, he was talking about Christmas of 2000. Well, my dad like you, my abuse was from both parents. And when I was 16, my dad made a complete shift, turned his life around and spent every single day for the rest of his life, making up for those first 16 years. So when my dad heard that I would be dead within a few months, he took it upon himself to organize with the police, to organize with public safety. He made all the arrangements to have me extricated. 
So I was actually like removed <laughs> from the situation. My dad had already arranged with a divorce attorney. They already had papers. He already arranged for me to go in hiding. He made all the arrangements. So they pulled me out, put me in, in a car. My dad hit the child safety lock so I couldn't get out. He drove all the way across the country to the divorce attorney's office. They said, sign here, sign here, sign here. I have no idea what I signed, but apparently I signed away my rights to everything and got a divorce. And then put me right back in the car, drove me up to the middle of nowhere to a police station where they promptly handed me a new ID with a different name. And they said, hello, welcome. Your name is now Elizabeth Jackson. Don't tell anyone who you are, where you're from, or anything about you. You're now a ghost. If you tell anyone anything about you, then we can't keep you safe. And so here it was yet another step of be quiet. Don't use your voice. Don't even just be a ghost. Don't even exist anymore. And it was in that moment, in, in that situation, when I was in hiding, I literally ate the exact same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day I was in hiding because nobody told me what to eat and I couldn't make a decision. So I was in extreme trauma therapy for nine to 16 hours a day, every single day, learning to function again. Mm. It was in that process that I said, what a gift. Mm. I have the opportunity because I was literally starting from ashes. I was literally starting from ground zero. I couldn't even go to the grocery store. That was an assignment I had. And I would run out in hysterical tears because nobody told me what to buy. And there's a whole lot of options in a grocery store. Mm. So when I was starting over at that point, I got to say how amazing that I get to create mm person I want to be from this point forward. I can build the person, the values, the dreams. I can embody the person I want to be, not the person I was up until that point. Mm, powerful. So I, I I really dove in there as mm. to what that look like. Who yeah. do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? What do I want to value and prioritize? Okay. So let's take a breath because this is pretty intense. <laughs> Some things that we've been talking about here. I mean, I definitely experienced abuse and there was a period where I was put into hiding as well by my parents after I left my first guy that I was going to marry who, you know, that's another story for another day. So I have had that experience of being in hiding. I'm curious, Ellie, like as you began this process of both, it sounds like literally relearning how to be a, a functioning human, right? <laughs> so first, relearning how to be a functioning human. And then second, being intentional, I guess is the word that I want to use about what you were creating. Like, what was the the timeline for you to ultimately, I mean, I don't know, are you still in hiding in a certain way or have you come out of even that? So I, it took me a while. I mean, we're all on this journey of life, right? We're always growing and learning and evaluating and, and developing, but it was a good year of learning how to actually function. And then 
I was in law school at the time and under American Bar Association rules, you have to finish within five years of the day you started. You have to have two out of the three years completed at your degree granting institution. He was also a student there. And so at the end of my time in hiding, the clock was going to run out. And I had to make a decision at that point. Did I want to stay in my nice, comfortable life where I was, I had moved to Europe so that I could feel free. I had an incredible life there. Did I want to continue in that life where I was happy and I was safe and life was amazing? Or did I want to actually choose me hmm. and go back to law school and walk the same halls without any protection? And fulfill my dream of becoming an attorney because since I was little, all I wanted to do was be on the Supreme Court. So it's always been a driving thing for me. And I sat with it and ultimately I chose me. And mm -hmm. I did go back and I was stopped and I was followed. And that that choice really cost my health. That is the genesis of the 13 major surgeries and the next 20 years in hospitals. Mm. For the first time in my life, I knew that getting that JV from a top 10 law school was going to open every door. And I knew that that was my ticket to freedom mm. because I took me and I went and I, I graduated and I did all the things. And then I built a life where I could essentially be in hiding. I stepped into the judiciary and I have served for 20 years as the staff attorney for a federal judge, which means that I am in a locked chambers with four people. And it's the same four people. It's the judge and the courtroom sec secretary and the, and the deputy and myself. And I'm behind the scenes and I'm behind a whole bunch of security walls. And my name doesn't appear on anything and you can't find me and all the things. And it wasn't until my cancer diagnosis in 2019 that another light bulb came on. And I said, oh, my God, I've been playing small. Mm. Well, we're going to take a break on that light bulb. And Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're now downloading in 98 countries. How awesome is that? And really exciting, we now have 15 episodes that are standalone episodes that are ranking on their own just as episodes so the show is ranking but now we have episodes ranking too which is pretty exciting i want to shout out today to our listeners in thailand tajikistan and trinidad and tobago we'll just go with all of the teas today and we will be right back with ellie sheffy The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? 
a life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Ellie Sheffy. Before we went to the break, we were getting really clear that Ellie needed to come out of hiding. She had another light bulb. And I'm guessing that part of what people will find when they go to your website, Ellie, at ellieshefi.com, which we'll have for everyone in the show notes, is opportunities to connect with you directly and not have you be in hiding <laughs> anymore. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about once you came out of the court, I guess, are you out of the court system or are you still in the court system? What inspired you to start speaking and consulting and coaching and becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I am still the staff attorney to a federal judge and the dean of law school. And once I got that cancer diagnosis and the light bulb came on of, oh my God, I've been playing small. I don't know how much time I've got left, but I know that I have not stepped into my full power and purpose. I have not come what I came here to do. And so I doubled down on maximizing every single day and leaning into that. And so that's really when I felt called to step out from the shadows and get out and speak and consult and coach. And, and that's where you are not your scars comes from. Mm. It comes from me looking down after three cancer surgeries and seeing 13 incisions on my belly and thinking, I look like Edward Scissorhands got a who's going to ever want to look at that? And then having this overwhelming sense of, Ellie, you are not your scars. Mm. Powerful. So Ellie, I want to talk a little bit because you, you're a civil rights attorney and you're in the federal system. You know, we've been talking about your personal story and talking about, you know, coming up from what I call the toxic soil of abuse but we're also seeing that playing out, you know, on the larger plane of our culture. There's been, we've been in a culture of abuse since the country was formed. So I'd love to have your thoughts, if you have any, about how do we, like, obviously, we each have our own journey and we have to actually do our own transformational work to get to the other side of that. But then how do we then extend that into the larger fabric of the culture? Do you have some thoughts on that? Absolutely. We mm -hmm. have to collaborate. We have to use our voice. We have to stand in solidarity. We have to shine our light. We have to, each and every one of us needs to step out from behind the shadows we need to step out of our comfort zone and out of our routine. 
we are so used to living in our day-to-day routine, the hamster wheel where we're controlled by our our to-do list that is impossible to get done because we've got way more things that we quote-unquote need to do than there are hours in the day. We need to take our power back, ladies. Take our power back. Who are you? What do you want? What do you value? How do you want to show up in the world? Of all that nonsense on your to-do list, how much of it really needs to get done? How much of it is guided by you and the internal? How much of it is this external, what we're supposed to do, A, B, and C? You're supposed to go show up at this birthday party, and you're supposed to go to that event, and you're supposed to do 5 million lives on, on your social media, and you're supposed to do A, B, and C. How much of that is external, and how much of that is really you? And the only way we're going to affect change on all the levels that we need to affect change is by having it come from the internal, that authentic aligned place of of what you value and what you're passionate about and the legacy that you want to leave and the world that you want to leave for your kids. And then banding together with other women, other like-minded women who are on that same path. Whatever your viewpoint is, there's someone else with it. So collaborate, raise your voice, stand in your power, take action, take action. Ask yourself when you feel overwhelmed or if you're feeling in despair or hopeless or like, oh my goodness, what is going on in the world? Ask yourself, what is one thing I can do right now? Shift your focus to what you can control and take action. Do something to be the change, to affect the change. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of times we hear in certainly in the coaching space is this whole idea of playing small. And when you've been faced with life threatening, you know, you're you'll be dead by prognoses repeatedly. I think there's a subtle difference that I'm hearing in in this conversation with you. There's a difference between this idea of just go out and do more stuff, right? If you're being activated in this idea that you're playing small, playing bigger doesn't necessarily mean doing more things. Am I hearing you correctly? Absolutely. When I say I was playing small, it meant I wasn't stepping into my full power and purpose. I wasn't doing the things that I am supposed to do. I was living a life that was safe. I was living a life that was comfortable. I was not rocking the boat. I was not speaking up. I was doing the things that other people expected and living the life that other people expected. And what I'm saying is, ladies, you got to come home to yourself. You got to come home to yourself and figure out who are you? What do you want? What is the life that you want? What is the legacy that you want? What do you care about? What do you prioritize? And what is in alignment with your soul and your soul's purpose and your mission and your and your passion? And then how are you going to activate that? What action can you take to shine your light? So many of us ladies, we've been told, sit down and shut up. We've been told, we, we've been talked over. Our ideas have been dismissed. We've been discounted. And I'm saying, forget all of that. If you're taking that and just when they tell you sit down and be quiet, you're sitting down and be quiet, you're playing small, like step into your power and your purpose and shine your light and be you and do you and and live that life. Don't just exist. 
don't know. Yeah, beautiful. All right. So I loved also this idea of what is one thing I can do now. So for anybody who's listening, who has maybe done their own trauma to, you know, finding the treasure journey already, and they're in a place where they're no longer actively engaged in the healing process, and they're ready to now take that experience and extend it into the culture. Like, do you have any suggestions specifically in the area of civil rights where people like one thing that somebody might be able to do, or how would somebody find their one thing if they have been hiding, if they have been keeping their mouth shut, if they have been staying in that conditioned smallness? Absolutely. So there's, there's a lot of things we can do. And I would say right now, one thing that you can do is find out who your representatives are, find out who your elected officials are. And you can't vote if you don't know who they are and what they stand for. One of the biggest things, yes, we can rally. Yes, you can donate money to your favorite causes. Yes, you can join groups. Yes, you can volunteer. There are a lot of those ways. Yes, you can speak out and use your voice. But one of the most effective things for all of the changes that are happening in the world right now is to become better educated on what elections are happening, because they happen a lot more frequently than just presidential and midterm. What elections are happening? Who are your local representatives? What are their positions? I would I would start there if you are on an, an exploration of how can I do something that could be effective in making the change for myself and, you know, uh, the future. Yeah, well, I, I will say that it's only been in the last 10 years or so for me that I've gone from just, oh, I'm just going to walk in and push the button <laughs> to, oh, I better not do that anymore. <laughs> so so what I'm hearing is let's do the simple things of educating ourselves and overcoming our own ignorance at the smallest levels first. And then from there, I mean, I'm sure that we'll be guided to where our next best application of our life and our power is. So in the last minute we have, Ellie, is there anything that you would like to say about the people that you work with in your in your business and how you are supporting them to also empower themselves? Absolutely. So whether you're an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, whether you're a woman who's navigating her own trauma, fundamental to me is to find your voice, stand in your power, live an authentic, aligned life, and show up in the world as you, as the you that you define yourself as, that internally guided, aligned you. And then share your message, share your passion, share your purpose with the world. You were made to change the world and you can do it one action at a time. So I would love the opportunity to see you shine your light. I would love the opportunity to see all the good that you are doing in the world. Go out and do it. Lovely, Ellie. So one last like 30 seconds about collaborating because you did talk about that as well. Absolutely. We can 
if you want to just go, you can slog it alone. But the true power and the magic and the support and the celebration is in collaboration. It is so important to get into proximity with like-minded people, to get into a supportive community, somewhere where you are seen, you are heard, you are celebrated, you're called on your stuff, (laughs) you're held accountable, somewhere where you are surrounded by people who can teach you something, who can extend their hand to you and say, here, take my hand, let me journey alongside you. Let me help you go further faster. Collaboration is key. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Ellie. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of this show. Collaborate with us by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in and keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.